two more conversations. On the B side of this hour, we'll be joined by our award-winning historian, Dr. Elena E. Roberts, who studies the intersection of black and Native American life. We will talk about black freedom on Native land on the back side of this first hour. We commence today's program looking back one year ago today when a leaked audio tape recording of Democratic Latino leaders disparaging black fellow citizens surfaced in the public domain. The tape rocked Los Angeles City Hall and raised all kinds of questions about the state of black-brown relations here in L.A. and for that matter across America. On the tape, the nation heard these Latino leaders uh, here in L.A. calling black folk and others everything but children of God. Indeed, the then council president, Nuri Martinez, called the black son of a council colleague a little monkey. Everybody called for their immediate resignation, including the president of the United States. Well, in truth, let's just keep it real. The governor of California, Gavin Newsom, dragged his feet once again, but eventually got on the good foot after being pressed into calling for their resignations as well. So, what's happened over the past year? Glad you asked. Uh, Nuria Martinez first tried to resign from the council presidency when she realized that was not going to satiate the public. She later resigned from the council altogether. The powerful labor leader, Ron Herrera, also resigned his post. Councilman Gil Cedillo, who had already lost his re-election bid prior to the tape surfacing, steadfastly refused to resign from office and uh, daily protests notwithstanding, served out the remaining months of his term. But now... He is gone as well. And then there is Councilman Kevin DeLeon, the last man standing. He also refused to resign his seat, survived a recall effort, and recently announced, that his, uh, announced his intention to seek re-election to the council. This brother is running a game. Days after the tape surfaced one year ago today, Councilman DeLeon eventually made his way, eventually made his way to this studio where I sit right now. I asked him why it had taken so long to get here. This community, the community you're talking to right now, mm -hmm. is the community that you hurt the most. You hurt these fellow citizens the mm -hmm. most. So let me ask you this. We are, by my count, six, seven, maybe eight in, in terms of the conversations that you've conducted. This is the longest conversation you've conducted, but it's seventh or eighth on the list. Up until this present moment, you have not apologized specifically. You have not addressed directly the community by your own admission that you have hurt the most. Why are we so far down your list? No, listen. As a human being and with all our flaws, it hurts the most and it's taken me longer to get to the community that I've hurt the most because of the deep pain, because of my embarrassment, because of my sense of shame. And it's taken me that longer to get here. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I want to make sure I'm hearing you correctly. Yes, what sir. you're telling me is, and I don't mean to laugh, what, you, what you're telling me is that it took you this long to get here because the pain you felt was so deep, you just couldn't come face us. Uh, sense of embarrassment, okay. Tavis. Okay. A sense of shame. And th this is the community that I've aggrieved, that I've hurt the most. Uh, but I'm here. And I'm here today with you with the longest interview that I've conducted since. Everything else has been five minutes, 10 minutes uh, maximum. Um, I'm, I'm glad that you've given me this, mm -hmm. this opportunity to spend time with you. All right, when we come forward, uh, I'll be joined by my colleague here in Los Angeles, Dominique DePrima, for a retrospective and prospective look at the tape one year later. If you're in L.A., you know there's a huge 
um, special that we're broadcasting um, uh, today, and we'll tell the national audience about that as well. So uh, we'll be joined by Dominique when we come forward to get her take on this uh, retrospective and prospect, uh, prospective moment uh, relative to what happened one year ago today. And I, I, I want to just tell you right now, when we come forward, I'm going to play for you some sound of Nuri Martinez. She has surfaced. Uh, and uh, engaged in a conversation, and, and there's one particular clip that you must hear. You must hear the words coming out of the mouth of Nuri Martinez. Don't you move. You're going to regret not hearing this if you uh, if you turn this down, turn the dial. Uh, you're listening to Tavis Smiley, and we're glad about it. Unapologetically progressive. progressive. Unapologetically black. Black, black, black. You're tapped into Tavis Smiley. Tavis Smiley. Smiley. Ready to re-examine your assumptions and expand your inventory of ideas? More of Tavis Smiley coming your way right now. Delighted to have you in with us today in this first hour. We are talking for a few moments here about the tape. One year later, the whole nation heard this tape. As I said earlier, indeed, the president of the United States called for the resignation of these um, four Latino leaders here in the city of L.A. It raised all kinds of questions about the state or lack thereof of black-brown political relations across this country. Please be joined now by my colleague here in Los Angeles, Dominique DePrima, who's host of a very popular program called First Things First. Um, she is the morning host on my local station here in L.A., KBLA Talk 1580. Uh, pleased to welcome Dominique to this program. Dominique, how are you today? Good morning, Tavis. Thank you for the great intro. Uh, it's uh, it's always my honor to, uh, to be in dialogue with you. Let me just start with this. I want to play this uh, Nuri tape in a moment here. Uh, it's been a year, uh, and there have been all kinds of articles written about that. We'll talk in a moment about this uh, major uh, uh, special that we're doing later today uh, that the nation can hear. But let me just start with a broad question. Has anything changed for you over the last year? I think um, some things have changed. I see that people's eyes are opening to the fact that you could have corruption, you could have black Latino conflict politically, but it doesn't mean that we cannot have coalition. It does not mean that we cannot work together when we have shared interests. Mm. And, and at, at this particular moment, what, what are those shared interests as you see them? Well, I think shared interests are improving, for example, our police department in Los Angeles, which is on pace to have a record year of shootings. Mm. And as usual, the majority of those folks are black. You see black and Latino people in coalition to try to get a new police chief, uh, calling for Chief Moore to be replaced. Um, that's the kind of thing I'm talking about. Houselessness. The unhoused population is mostly black, Second on the list is Latino. Mm -hmm. So when we talk about coming together around policies that benefit the unhoused or renters, black and Latino coalition is important. And you see it with the progressive members of the city council now. You've got Eunice Hernandez and um, Mr. Soto. Those guys are usually voting in step with the black council members um, in issues of homelessness and issues of police reform. Mm -hmm. um, the aftermath, uh, we all heard the tape. Um, let, me just, let me just back up. When you heard the tape, when you first heard it a year ago, what, what did you make of what you heard? I was really angry. And the thing that angered me the most, Tavis, was not the little snide racist comments or the personal bigotry that was displayed the anti-indigenousness, the anti-LGBTQ+, it was the undermining of black power. Mm. 
the methodical, devious, and secret undermining of black political agency. That is the thing that really upset me. And I actually have, or had, I should say, a personal relationship with Noreen Martinez. It's not mm -hmm. like we hung out and went shopping, but she had done my show a number of times. We were friendly and she would ask me about issues in our community. I would not have expected her to be part of a group, really spearheading a group that was trying to disenfranchise us. Mm. Speaking of Neri Martinez, thanks for the setup. I appreciate that. That's why you're so good at what you do. You just talk, <laughs> you, you walk me right up to that line. I thank you. Um, so <laughs> Neri Martinez uh, pretty much stayed quiet for a year. Um, I, I mentioned earlier, Gil Cedillo refused to resign, served out the remainder of his term. Uh, 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 Mr. Herrera uh, immediately resigned from his position uh, in the labor movement. He was the first one to step aside, in fact. Um, Kevin DeLeon um, is, is still holding forth, um, survived this, and has announced he's running for re-election. Um, we will talk about that a little bit later uh, in this conversation. But Nuri Martinez finally came out of hiding and did an interview. Now, let me just say up front. Uh, and we'll discuss this more later in this special today. Let me give you my point of view. I don't know what Dominique has to say about it. I'll get her temperature in a second. But I was disturbed by the fact that she came forward to do this interview for a couple of reasons. One, as I said to Kevin DeLeon on that tape, we played that clip a moment ago, the community you hurt the most, you have yet to show up in front of. She comes out <clears throat> of hiding, decides to talk, but she goes to the white side of town, the vanilla side of town, <clears throat> excuse me, she talks to the NPR station, nothing against that. I worked at NPR for years, but when there are other options in this city, she chose to go to the white outlet and when she got to the white outlet, the LAist, the NPR affiliate here, she chose to talk to another Latina. So here again, a year later, you have still not made your way to where you need to be as it took Kevin DeLeon sometime, but he finally got here. Uh, Neri still has not shown up to face the crowd that she needs to face one year later. You chose to go to the white side of town to talk to another Latina. That's just the setting. But then when you get there, you get asked a number of questions. And here's just one question that she was asked in a four-part series that is running on LAist. Um, here's what she was asked. And listen, listen very, very carefully to her answer. But listen to how she got into the answer. Here's Neri Martinez being asked a question on the LAist. Do you think there's an anti-blackness problem in the Latino community? I don't know. I don't know if the leaked tapes have... Um, I, I can't, I don't know. I mean, that's a really good question. That pregnant pause, that very pregnant pause, Dominic DePrima, reminded me of uh, the kinds of pauses we got when Kevin DeLeon showed up in this studio a year ago, I don't know how you can sit out a year and not have thought about, not been Socratic, not been introspective about the kinds of questions you were going to face when you showed up. But what does it mean to you when you hear that pregnant pause and she can't answer a question that simple and that basic based on what we all heard a year ago? It means she hasn't done the work. None of it. Zero. Zilch. Nada. Because... If you were do doing any kind of DEI training, any kind of readings of historical um, incidents, any kind of analysis of what's going on in LA right now today, you would know there was an anti-blackness problem. It's so clear. And if you were ever an ally, you would have known that before you even came in as an ally. 
Mm. So that just makes me angrier than I was a year ago, to be honest, Tavis. Yep. So Nuri Martinez hasn't done the work. Nope. Gil Cedillo refused to resign, served out his term. Kevin DeLeon refused to resign, uh, is running for re-election. Mr. Herrera, as I said, the only one who pretty much did the right thing and sort of disappeared. We'll leave him, we'll leave, we'll leave him out for the, for the moment. But back to these other three. Um, it's not that Nuri alone didn't do the work. The others haven't done the work either, as I see it. And then you saw the news over the last 48 hours or so that Mr. Cedillo and Mr. DeLeon have filed a lawsuit against the Federation of Labor. This is the, the the place where they were meeting and they were secretly recorded inside of this building. So talk to me about the tone deafness a year later. They certainly have a right to do it. You can file a lawsuit against anybody. But what does it say about not doing the work that a year later, their response is not to apologize once again, not to beg for forgiveness, not to be engaged in atonement, but to turn around and file a lawsuit against the people who they say harmed them by recording this nonsense secretly. Again, they have a right to do that. But how do you read the fact that they're suing the Federation of Labor? Well, Cedillo is suing the Federation of Labor and the two employees of the Federation who were allegedly taped that conversation, a husband and wife. The wife worked for Ron Herrera. The husband was a controller for the Fed. And they allegedly, for a bunch of different reasons, taped well, the I, husband allegedly took allegedly, the conversation. Yes, yeah. Allegedly. Kevin DeLeon is only suing the husband and wife. That's correct. He's not That's suing correct. the L.A. Fed because he's probably trying to get money or an endorsement with the Fed, that which I correct. certainly hope L.A. Fed Chief Yvonne Wheeler doesn't do. That would be crazy if she decided to do that. I think it's insane. Which is more crass? Um, pretending there's no anti-blackness problem, stepping down and not addressing at all what you did. And Nuri Martinez says in, also in that interview that she blames her English-Spanish translation problem for calling uh, Bonin's child uh, a changuito, a little monkey. That's pretty weak. Mm -hmm. Like, this is what you're saying after reflecting for a year that it was lost in translation? Mm. Um, yeah, problematic. But which is worse, that? or coming on Tavis Smiley's show, apologizing, meanwhile suing the guys <laughs> that ta supposedly taped you, and running around your district, I would argue, Tavis, sowing seeds of anti-blackness yourself as a re-election strategy, or Cedillo, who is now blaming the tape for losing to Eonisis Hernandez. Mm -hmm. uh, character is not the strong suit of any of these three, in my opinion. When you say Kevin DeLeon is running in his district for re-election, sowing seeds of discord, by that you mean what exactly, Dominique? I mean that from what I've seen and heard, when he goes around playing Santa and handing out food and prizes and parties for largely Latino members in his district, he implies that he is the victim, that he is being targeted by Black Lives Matter. Even the encounter with Jason Reedy, where what I could see on the tape, he was the one that threw Jason Reedy, the black activist, down on the table. He runs around whining and complaining as if black people are targeting him instead of taking responsibility for why he's being protested. But I got, but he, I got, but I got news for you. It worked. It worked. It is working. He survived the recall. Um, he's running for re-election, and ironically, I didn't say this publicly, but a bunch of my friends who are listening right now uh, heard me tell them this privately. Even after I talked to Kevin DeLeon a year ago, 
And that interview got all this national exposure. We went at it for an hour, as you'll recall. Just exposure everywhere in that conversation as, as a result of that conversation. I said to some friends probably thereafter, he's going to survive this. Kevin DeLeon is going to serve out the rest of this term. I knew a year ago he was going to make it through because I saw then what you're putting your finger on now. That as long as the Latinos in his district, those older Latinos, he has an older, poor district, as long as he could frame himself as being the victim, they were going to circle the wagons on him. And let's face it, sometimes black folk do the same thing. But I saw that coming. So am I the only one or did you think there was a chance he might survive as well? I didn't think he would survive. I didn't think he would be as completely without conscience as he is, that he could come and tell you one thing and then out the other side of his mouth imply that black people are the problem, mm -hmm. that he's not the problem, that he's preying on the naivety of those older, often monolingual Spanish-only um, residents of his district mm -hmm. and preying on stereotypes of black people, leaning into anti-blackness as a re-election strategy. I didn't see it. And I do not think he will be reelected, and I hope that I'm right. But I acknowledge, Tavis, that you could be right. You think he'll be reelected, right? I think so. I think it's a good chance. I think it's a good chance uh, he make it. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. I think there's a decent chance um, that he gets reelected. Whether he does or not, I do not know. Let me just tell you this. One of the persons, one of the leading persons running against him will join us later today on this station for this special. So if you're listening around the nation um, and you want to tune in, just go to KBLA 1580, go to the website or go to uh, KBLA 1580 and download our app. Either way, on the app or on the website, you can hear this special two-hour conversation later today. It's 5 to 7 live L.A. time. So wherever you are on the East Coast or in the Central Time Zone, it's 5 to 7 L.A. time today. Uh, a two-hour special called The Tape, One Year Later. And it's an all-star panel. Um, we will be joined by the president of the L.A. City Council, the man who took over once Nuri got pushed out, uh, Paul Krikorian. We'll be joined by the president pro tem of the L.A. City Council, a black man named Marquise Harris Dawson. You heard uh, uh, Dominique mention Eunice Hernandez earlier, um, uh, who took uh, the seat of uh, Gil Cedillo. She will be uh, on this program today. Um, uh, Miguel Santiago running against Kevin DeLeon for that seat. Uh, Dominique asked, do I think he might get reelected? Uh, good chance, but uh, not if Miguel Santiago has anything to do about it. So he will be uh, joining us today. We'll also be joined by Mike Bonin. He's the former councilman whose black son was called the little monkey. That Dominique referenced earlier. Mike Bonin is on this panel today. Erica D. Smith from the L.A. Times, who covered this day in and day out, along with her colleague Gustavo Ariano, L.A. Times columnist. Uh, so the two writers from the Times will be on this panel. Melina Abdullah. Dominique mentioned Black Lives Matter. They were protesting at his house for weeks on end. Indeed, they were protesting protesting at his house today. Uh, one year later, they were at his house protesting earlier today. Uh, we'll be joined by uh, my colleague here, Ariva Martin who covered this uh, on uh, our station in L.A., and, of course, my colleague, Dominic DePrima, who you're listening to right now, will join us. If that ain't an all-star panel, I don't know what is. I can assure you uh, there's no conversation anywhere in this city today, one year later, that will feature an all-star panel like the one I've just described for you. That is, once again, today, 5 to 7, Los Angeles time, wherever you are in the nation, 
Um, you can tune in to our app, KBLA 1580. Just download it very simply and easily in 30 seconds or go to the KBLA 1580 website. You can listen to this dialogue wherever you are live today. It repeats, by the way, if you missed any of it, it repeats uh, immediately following the live two-hour conversation from 5 to 7. It will uh, encore from 7 to 9. Again, those are Pacific times. Last word to you, Dominique, in the 45 seconds I have left. Um, so um, uh, Dr. King once famously asked, where do we go from here? We got to go to continued reform, oversight, and we cannot step away from coalition and unity, but we have to have more rigorous standards for what an ally really is. One of the best, Dominic DePrima, my colleague here in Los Angeles, host of First Things First weekday mornings on our home station, KBLA Talk 1580. Delighted to have her on. Dominic, I will see you later today for this conversation. Thanks for your time. Thank you. Don't miss the tape. One year later, uh, to our special featuring all those voices that I mentioned moments ago, 5 to 7 p.m. Pacific time, uh, that is today. Uh, more of Tavis Smiley when we come forward.